You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 113 and 114 of Read Through the Bible in a Year, orally transmitted. Woo! Where are we today? I'm pretty excited because we are at the beginning of lots of stories. Yes. Yes. All right. So our Old Testament reading for today is Joshua chapter 3 through chapter 7. Mm. Israel crosses the Jordan. I don't know why in the past we kind of hit on it last time, but the Jordan should mean so much to us. It's hard to remember in the New Testament when Jesus is being baptized in the Jordan Mm -hmm. and they're referencing it or John is baptizing in the Jordan, like crossing into a promised land, 400 years of promise being fulfilled, mm-hmm. Joshua being the new and better Moses, the, the savior coming in after the established law to bring in gospel. And so it's like a huge deal. And reading Joshua chapter three, at least three and four, you realize this is huge. Mm-hmm. Oh, even five. Like it's big on so many levels. Yeah. And... And they make it a big deal. So when they first get in, is this where they first celebrate the the Passover well, in the land? Yeah. So yeah, let's yeah. let's do it in order. You just jumped like to chapter six. Well, I'm excited. <laughs> I can't wait to get to Jericho. Yeah. So they, God is like, all right, uh, new gen, you're gonna have a new water experience. Yeah. So. All the old guard who's died out in the wilderness, they had the experience of crossing through the Red Sea and out of slavery. Now you're going to have the experience of crossing the Jordan, which is flooded at this time of year, so it's even wider than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have the experience of crossing through a water into the promise. And it is, it's pretty cool. You, you recognize both are equally impressive. Both mm-hmm. had to overcome impressive armies, bodies of water, and God has done it for them. And so the theme, though, is you follow the word of God. Mm-hmm. So they walk with the ark. He sets up the priests to hold the ark. Everyone keep your distance. Don't touch. Don't mess around with this. And they're going to walk into the water. As soon as they do, the water is piled up. Yeah. And then the people all cross through it on dry land. Mm-hmm. Second <clears throat> Exodus. Only now you're going from, uh, instead of into the wilderness from oppression... You're leaving the wilderness into promise. Yeah, which is so cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty amazing. And uh, as they are crossing over, uh, Joshua says, grab 12 men, one from each tribe, and pick up stones from the middle of the dry riverbed right now. Find the biggest stones that you can find, throw them on your shoulder, and we're going to set up two altars. We're going to set up one in the middle of the Jordan to represent, like, yeah, we got to see that river dried up. And then set another on the uh, east side of the Jordan, which is the land of promise, as a reminder that this is the boundary of our promised land. And so the idea of um, a remembrance so that the kids would ask. So the idea, too, is that you'd see maybe Mm -hmm. the top of this pile of rocks in the middle of the river like, how'd that get there? What's that? Mm-hmm. Well, we crossed over. And then it reminds you, too, of we crossed over the Red Sea. We also crossed over the Jordan. And now we're crossing um, over into our lives in, of promise. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pretty amazing. So the, the idea is the, 
I think it's the Hebrew word Ebenezer. We sing a song where it's like, here, I lay my Ebenezer, or, and it's stones of remembrance. And so it really is like the boundaries, and like we've said before, boundary markers mm-hmm. and altars and of remembrance, of places of worship, I mean, they all go hand in hand. I think it goes hand in hand with the earth. Like you're getting a little garden of Eden where God dwells with you and where you worship. It's all together. Mm-hmm. So you set up these stones and these places to remember, to worship, um, and to mark out. And then I, I was reading too, it was exactly 40 years to the day. So as they were doing this, <clears throat> 40 years ago on that day, they were selecting their lamb for the Passover in Egypt. I don't yes. Know if you read that. Yeah, cool. no, yeah. So the they get over, they praise God, the Levites pick up the ark, cross back over, and as soon as they hit the bank, the river fills like starts flowing again. Oh yeah. Uh, the poor priest, they had to stand there all day. I mean, we're talking yeah, for- 40,000 soldiers just from Reuben. Or something, like a bunch of soldiers. No, yeah, so it was like, you know, like the almost, it was probably close to a million, over a million people. Just walking through. And I read some somewhere, too, about um, people try to explain the miracles, you know? Mm-hmm. And so maybe it was, it got stopped up by a landslide or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's funny, like you try to figure it out, but then it's, even figuring it out, if we could figure out a natural way, right? it's still a miracle because, oh, that thing happened... On the day you were ready to cross, mm-hmm. well, maybe they waited for something to. You know, it's like, no, yeah, it's too much coincidence, and then it's not safe. Like it could start bust. You know, whatever. Yeah. And it said the waters were stacking on top of each other, yeah. so it was obviously like the waters were. It was still flowing, but I just this wall of water is getting higher and higher. As did I tell you? I think I said it with the Red Sea, but I remember hearing someone once said, "Well, the Red Sea back then was uh, ankle deep." Right, right. And then, the, well, that's cool. Then the miracle was God killed the most yes. powerful army in two and, inches of water. Right. And so either way you look at it, it's all miraculous. And it's miraculous on purpose to mm-hmm. say God is with you. God is going before you. He is fighting for you. Right. Obey and trust the Lord. And so now once we cross over, oh, I will say too, this is freaking out all the nations. Yes. <laughs> yes, it, because it, it it's stacked up. It, so the water stacked up near another city. Yeah. So the inhabitants of another city are watching this wall of water just build up, and you know they're telling everyone about it. Well, they're just like, oh no. <laughs> they're they're already here. superstitious yeah. worshipers of other gods, yeah. so they're not trying to uh, yeah, figure they out just if this is a mass hallucination. They're like, oh no. Our river god. We're our, yeah, our river <clears throat> god has just been humiliated. Okay, what do we do? Well, and, let's stay away from those people. Yeah, so it says like, uh, their hearts melted, and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. Yeah. The people of the land are so terrified by this. They're just like, and we're done. This is over. And, uh, the and I love, so like, now that they're all over, the, the first order of business is, cool, you're in the land of promise. Um, I noticed that while you guys were wandering in the wilderness, uh, none of you got circumcised. Right. So... That's a covenant sign of my people, and you are all now going to have to get circumcised. Yeah, this was the sign that he gave to Abraham mm-hmm. to mark you apart. And it, from what I could tell, it ended... Oh, hey, the Lord's calling. Um, oh, yeah, okay, Lord. All right, bye. He said we're getting it right. Okay, good. Um, he, he says we're spot on. So the 
it's just interesting that the note I read said it's been like 38 years since they circumcised, mm-hmm. and it's kind of tagged to the the Reuben or the uh, the rebellion. Was it the rebellion of Reuben or? Um, no, it was no, when it was... they first tried to go into the land. Oh right, right, right. When they refused with the twelve spies and then tried to go into the land, after God told them, "Oh, you're gonna have to wander in the wilderness for right. 40 years." Yeah, so th- so that's when circumcision stopped. Right. So, so this new generation is probably, most of them are not circumcised. And so remember, circumcision translates over to baptism mm-hmm. because it is a washing away the reproach of whatever land you came from, the reproach of Egypt, their gods, their all their commitments, right? You're rolling mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. back mm-hmm. Um, and it's gone. And so this is the mark of circumcision. They didn't do it. And now he says, okay, now that we've crossed over, everyone gets circumcised. And so we were just laughing earlier how confident you have to be as a that many people crossing over into a foreign land. You know you're a threat, mm-hmm. but you feel so good, especially after seeing the water piled up, yeah. that you're like, you know what? We can all take ourselves out for three to five days to recover from being circumcised with a flinty stone or some sort. Maybe there's one knife going around. Who knows? But that's a lot of men who aren't real mobile for a couple of days. Right. But they're so confident in the Lord that they're like, oh, cool, yeah, we'll just... It doesn't even say like they staggered it. Like, all right, no. one troop gets circumcised here. It's like, no, this is the key to success mm-hmm. is not taking care of yourself and being strong, but trusting the Lord. And this is the sign that you are the Lord. So circumcision. So I love how there is them walking through the water, mm-hmm. just like baptism, and then you got, they're circumcised. And then... Then Passover, they celebrate Passover. Um, and then you did say already, so the place that they land on the other side of the Jordan, they call Gagal, which means to roll away. And the Lord says, I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt on you. And the reproach of Egypt means that the accusation that God was not going to get you into the promised land, that he led you out to the wilderness to die. Yeah. That's the reproach of Egypt. And that God was not going to do the the thing he said he was going to do. And so now that you are in the land, you are circumcised, you are his people, that reproach, that accusation no longer has any hold over you. Sweet. And it's also connected to what Christ did at Golgotha, which is the which is a similar word to Gagal. Um, and it's where God rolled away the reproach of the world. Nice. That the accuser has put upon us. Perfect. <clears throat> then they get to celebrate Passover for the first time, but they're the next generation. Yes. And they're relating to their parents' Passover meal where they're mm-hmm. saved from the angel of death and then they escaped. Now mm-hmm. it's like reverse, right? They, yeah. They've been saved through the desert and they're entering in. They're passing over the waters of the Jordan now mm-hmm. and the angel of death has passed over them and they are safe. And then I thought this was kind of, it felt underrated. It just mentioned it. Mm-hmm. But what a big deal to not be eating manna anymore. Yeah, so manna stops the moment they celebrate their first Passover in the land. Right. Manna no longer appears anywhere. Because now there's fruit of the land. Yeah. They get to eat everything from the land. Oh, it's man, there. that so, was so cool. Huge rejoice. So to me, it's like you got circumcision. You got the Word of God going ahead of everybody. You got baptism. You got the Lord's Supper. Yes. You got circumcision, Passover, and the Word of God, the Ark of the Covenant. And this is what we're still anchored around. Mm-hmm. And then, just when you think... Nothing could get even more weird. Uh, there's the commander of the Lord's army. Yes. This is an interesting... I'm interested to hear what you think about this, Matt. We okay. We haven't talked about this. Yeah, we haven't. So, 
Uh, Who do you think it is? <laughs> so it's obviously a theophany. Like it has Which to is? be a, 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 a physical manifestation of God. Um, appearance of God, because... So there's this angelic kind of commander of the Lord's army with his sword up against Joshua. Joshua says, are you for us or against mm-hmm. us? He says, I'm for you. Um, he, uh, he says... He, he just says no. He doesn't say yet. He doesn't say yes to either. Oh, he's, yeah, he's like, no, but I am the commander mm-hmm. of the army of the Lord. Sorry. Now I have come. And Joshua falls on his face and worships him. And then he says, the only thing this guy says is, take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did. Yeah. See, so, so you're, you're thinking a theophany is different than a Christophany, which well, is the appearance of Christ. To me, it sounds a lot like Christ. It, it could be, yeah. It could be. The Prince of Peace. I mean, peace. yeah, if you would say, yes, sure. But But you're running it through the same thing I am, which is the marks of divinity, where it's like he receives worship. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he says... He says the thing that God, God said at... The burning bush. At the burning bush with Moses. Take so off he's shoes. kind of re... Doing yeah, he's making a place holy by yes. his presence. There, yes, which is what, and that's what Christ does by mm-hmm. touching everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, whether you think it's God Himself or the commander of God's army or it's Jesus, it could be Jesus. I don't know if it matters. I think what matters is that Joshua is on the right side, mm-hmm. and circumcision and Passover and mm-hmm. the Ark are all important. I mean, it could also be like the angel of death, you know, like so. The, like oh, yeah. he's standing there to see if they are actually going to do the things that God requires of them to right. be the people, which is what Passover did was oh. they were able to, the angel of death passes cool. over them. And so you have all the elements that they had back in Egypt yeah. are being recreated, but now in the promised land. That's true. And now the angel of death is going to turn around and fight for them. Yeah. I like that because uh, <clears throat> that's what chapter six is. Now they're ready. Everything is ready to rock. Mm-hmm. It's been a long story, but our heroes have been prepared. They've walked through their failings. They've been encouraged. They've learned how to use their their uh, arsenal, yeah. which is basically obey the Lord, <laughs> circumcision, uh, Passover, like, yeah. and the, the ten words. And so they're ready to go, and the first target is Jericho. And so the story of Jericho, the quick summary, God says, march around for six days. The pre- and they're Around carrying the, the ark. Walls, they're yeah. carrying the ark of the covenant. The um, priests have the the horns. They're mm-hmm. blowing trumpets and things. They're blowing these horns nonstop. Nonstop. They're walking around, and then the seventh day, and the people are completely silent. silent. Yeah, people are silent, but the seventh day, they scream. The seventh they, day, they walk around it seven, seven times, times and then scream, and then at the very end, they shout. So, and then the walls come crumbling down. So thinking about it, though, it's so intimidating. I remember um, there had been like some cult leaders like David Koresh. I don't know if you remember him, but in Waco, they were the government was trying to like siege them and mm-hmm. get them to come out. And they played and blared like the Smurfs uh, theme song, like the most annoying songs and just nonstop, not allowing them to rest. And it was like to intimidate mm-hmm. and drive you crazy. I kind of felt like... Um, these people are already scared. Right. They're, they're shut up. They're, they're not coming out to meet them. They're melting with fear, but uh-huh. they also don't want peace. No. And so they are, they're like, we're gonna, we just don't want to fight you, but we don't want to make peace with you. So imagine just hearing, for, they did it once, 
Once, one time around. Once a day, yeah. Once a day. And then the shuffling of thousands and thousands of sh- soldiers. Because mm-hmm. uh, the city of Jericho, it said it, t- it was about a half mile in circumference, is what I read. Or maybe a mile and a half. Anyway, they could walk around it. in a like an hour. Yeah, an hour. So just once a day, you're hearing this enemy. You're already freaked out. So inside mm-hmm. those walls, fear is building and building day one, day two, day three. And you don't know. You know what I mean? For like all those mm-hmm. six days, you're going, are they just setting us up? Are they trying to lure us out? Like imagine what yeah. you're thinking. Yeah. Because you've already heard about the water You've like seen the, it. You've, 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 you've heard about Jordan, and you're like, oh, man. They defeated Egypt, and now they've turned towards you. And, they, and you know what they did to your neighbors. But it's like they're toy. Like, God had them almost, like, toying with yeah. them. And really, it is, because it's mm-hmm. a battle that required no fighting. Mm-hmm. So then day seven, they do it seven times, and then scream. Yeah, and the walls, their walls just collapse. It's almost like the earth, the walls were so built. Have you ever been scared and like someone scares you really bad and you just kind of scream? Like, ah. Like they're so freaked out that when the people of God scream, the walls just crumble and mm-hmm. they walk right in. Mm-hmm. It's pretty great. Yeah, and so they devote the entire city to destruction because God's like, remember, all of this stuff has been dedicated to other gods. It does not belong to you. You cannot have anything to do with it. The only person you're allowed to save is Rahab because she's converted. Yeah. And so she and her entire family who's in the house with her that has the red cord, just like... Little Passover. Just like the blood of the lamb. Like, everyone in that house is safe, which was the same deal, thinking about it. It's the yeah. same deal in Egypt. If the if an Egyptian had put it up, yeah. anyone in the house was safe. So, yeah, was a, that's a total sign. Because they trusted the word of God. Of the Passover lamb. They're like, and, I believe you're God. Yeah. And so, so she's the only family that's spared. Yeah. And she ends up living with them. And uh, everything else has to be destroyed. All gold, bronze, and silver objects were then dedicated to the Lord. And no one was allowed to take anything from them because they've been dedicated to another God. It's going into the treasury to mm-hmm. be saved up for an eventual temple one day, yes. I think. But I, I noted here that everyone is obeying God. Everyone is obeying Joshua here. Everyone is playing. They're like, they're all ramped up at the beginning mm-hmm. of something good. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then what I also... I'm taking, even from Jericho this time, listening and reading the story, that uh, God prepares us to walk into good things. And it's funny, we just expect in our lives, oh, we're going to get Jericho, and then it doesn't fall in one day. Right. And then we walk around it once, we're like, why not God? It's like, well, God takes his time, (laughs) he's doing it right, you got to trust him. Uh And even here, it's seven days, uh, everything crumbles, he's building faith for Israel. See, I think that's the, that's part of it, like, I thought six days is like creation, right? The days of creation mm-hmm. and rest. So six days of destruction, of preparing destruction, and then you rest in God's work on the seventh day and walk in and take the city. Right. He's building faith for Israel, and he's just building at the same time tons of fear for Jericho. Yeah, and for the rest of the land. Right. So they walk in, and... They take everything. It's all good. And then uh, Joshua does something that's interesting. He lays a curse oh, yeah. on anyone who would rebuild the walls and the gates of Jericho. Yeah, because they end up living, people live in Jericho, yes. but the walls and its fortifications and making it like this. Like rebuilding it to yeah. be what it was before. Right. Got, like Joshua is very clearly saying, you, 
remember what God did here. Don't rebuild these walls. God took these walls down. And if you do it? And if you do it, the firstborn will will die at the laying of its foundation, and your youngest son will die at the setting up of the gates. And the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. Yeah. So people are getting to know him. But then our first little, we're six chapters in. It's chapter seven now. We get our first taste of disobedience. Yeah, so this was interesting because, so Israel is obviously on this high of like, oh man, like we really are going to take this thing. We just crossed over the waters like our parents. We just took this city that God knocked the walls down for us. Like everything is right. Everyone else is in total fear of us. We're going to go scout out uh, the next town. Oh, it's tiny. Just send like, just send like 3,000 men. Like, oh, we've got this. And, uh. They go, and the Lord did not go with them because someone did not obey. Someone kept some spoilage. Someone kept some gold and bronze objects that were dedicated to these other gods and yeah. kept them from themselves and didn't put them in the treasury. And right. so it's what was interesting to me was realizing the sin of one person affected the nation as a whole. Right. So 36 guys died in the war at AI, and they lost their position. Mm -hmm. But more importantly to Joshua, because he laments and starts crying, is that now they're they're one and one in Mm -hmm. battles. And now what they, everyone was so scared of them, but the word's going to get out that little AI drove them back. Oh, we can beat them. Right. They're beatable. Right. And that was the thing that freaked out Joshua. And he even kind of sounded a little bit like complaining like they did in Israel, like Mm -hmm. in in the desert, where it's like, God... Why, why have you allowed us to lose? Because he doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then finally the Lord says to him, someone has brought a devoted something devoted for destruction into the camp. Mm-hmm. There is an association. Like the things you bring into your camp are matter. Right. They matter. Mm-hmm. And so you can't think like, oh, well, it's not hurting anybody. It's just me and myself. Well, not if you're part of the people of God. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. But it also makes me think, just like the sin of Adam, Adam brought he became something devoted to destruction in his sin right. and brought that into the camp of humanity. Yes. You know? So then uh, Joshua repents, or kind of repents. He's like going, what's going on? And just obeys the Lord. They, by choosing lots, ferret out Achan. Yes. And, uh, and then they kill everything. That, oh, Achan admits it. He has like a nice robe or something, some jacket mm-hmm. and some silver, and he's buried it under his tent, and they burn everything because it's devoted to, um, devoted to destruction. And then they, they all stone Achan and his family. Uh, it's not clear if his family was stoned as well, it's, uh, but definitely Achan was. They're not sure if, because it says they brought his family, but they weren't sure if they just brought the family to witness. Oh. or Really? Yes, because, again, it's like um, only the ones who, if they were uh, in, uh, complicit in him hiding it and like doing that and they probably were but because they have the whole thing of the sin of the father should not go down the children should not be punished for the sins of their father or the father for the sins of their children and so it's not um 
explicitly clear okay, yeah, it who is, got killed. It does say, and all Israel stoned him with stones. Mm-hmm. They burned them with fire. And stoned them with stones. Yes. So we're not sure. But them is like the animals? Or? Yeah, it's not sure if it's his property or him. The wording is slightly unclear. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, so you can't hide. You can't hide. And because I was at first thinking about it, going like, well, that seems kind of like a drastic response. No. But realizing um, he's bringing in agreements from other gods into the camp. Yeah. His, this has caused 36 deaths. Right. 36 men died. And their reputation that was working for them has been sullied, has been ruined. I mean, and if someone in our day and age kills 36 people, right. and we say it's because they did it like directly. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're, when you're living in Israel or with the people of God and you're seeing God blatantly do these things, mm-hmm. by you disobeying God, it is killing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, so, so it does, I have, I have changed, you know, when you first read this, you're like, that seems really harsh. Right. But you got to put it in perspective. Uh, things that are devoted to destruction, they're really harsh. Yeah, like they have demonic ties to them. So, And if you bring that demonic stuff in... God cannot be with you. Yeah, God can't be there. That's why he makes a way to forgive us. And that's why we don't... At some point in your Christian life, you have to stop hiding. Mm-hmm. And Adam and Eve hid in the bushes, right? Mm-hmm. Once in their shame. And Achan's hiding these things. And if you're hiding anything, bring it out. And ask for forgiveness in Christ's name because he wants to be connected to you and he can't be connected with death mm-hmm. and the reign of death. Now you're connected to the body of Christ. So the good news is he's faithful and just to forgive us. All right, cool. That is Joshua today. Yeah. All right. New Testament. Our New Testament reading for today is Luke chapter 22, verses 1 through 62. Old Testament reading, now we got a long New Testament reading, but it's good. So, what's always fun is when you jump from the Old Testament, and we had them celebrating their first Passover in the land, and we jump into the New Testament, and it's... The first verse. Oh, Passover. Yeah. I'm like, these oh, cool. things are, I love it. These things are constant. <laughs> so, yeah, you start to wonder, is the Passover a big deal to God? Well, hmm. there's a lot of continuity. It's all around it. Yeah. And, and in today's reading, Jesus actually uh, shifts the Passover meal, mm-hmm. which is a huge deal. But before we get there, um, we talk about the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Passover. You have the priests and the scribes seeking how to put Jesus to death. Yeah, so they're done. He's yeah. been preaching in the temple for a little while now. He's... It's crazy. Uh, foiled all their attempts to like trick him publicly to get the people to turn against him. So they're like completely like, we don't know how to publicly get rid of this guy. So we're going to have to do it uh, quietly. Well, the chief priests, these are the guys who should be celebrating the angel of death passing over them and God protecting. And yeah. they're now becoming agents of death. Right. It's, everything's messed up. Yes. And so now we get this interesting passage, which I think is... Only from Luke's perspective is he—he's the only one who says it this way. Yeah, is that he says Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot, and 
he went and conferred with the chief priests and officers on how he might betray Jesus to them. Right. Uh, so that's an interesting so, little... Like, Judas is already Iscariot. There's mm-hmm. several guys named Judas, so Iscariot is the one. He's already upset, mm-hmm. and, and so Satan then enters in and becomes a motivating factor in carrying out kind of the, the plans of his heart, his yes. anger. And so uh, he figures it out. And for they agree. I was just thinking, like, people agreed on an amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Uh, what is it? 20 pieces of silver? That sounds good. Or 30 mm-hmm. pieces of silver? I think it was 30, yeah. Yeah, no, let's do that. And so he turns them over. I, it's, it's gross, too, that they, they were glad. Yeah. And agreed says, to give him money. Oh, thank you for your service. You've been a big help. This is the first time. Thank you oh so much, gosh. Iscariot. We were really worried about this. And they're actually happy for the first time in the whole narrative here. Yes. Uh, the chief priests, because they're feeling like they're doing something. Oh, man. We for God. Have a solution. Yeah. And um, they sought an opportunity to betray him to them in the absence of a crowd. That's the other thing. Like, yeah. we got to do this so no one sees it's us. Yeah. Because that's why they're mad, too, is everybody loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. So then you go to the Passover meal, and it's really cool to see Jesus is still, this is still a big deal. Jesus is the obedient son of God mm-hmm. saying, hey, we still remember, even though it's been 800 years or so, right? Um, go prepare a place for Passover, that we might eat it. So he sends his boys out, and he says, you'll find a guy with a house, tell him we need the room, and prepare the room for Passover. Mm-hmm. So in this one, he's like, prepare the guest room. Other ones you have, prepare like the donkey for a triumphal entry or prepare the, uh, bring the, someone bring the we food. We had that already. In here. Uh, yeah, the triumphal entry. Uh, you're right. But he's just saying now prepare Passover. It's part of, our, it's part of what we do. Mm-hmm. And then they did it. Then the institution of the Lord's Supper, this becomes, this is really a big deal. Because like in the Old Testament, you come in over the Jordan, you do circumcision and Passover. Well, now Jesus is changing. Uh, he's already shifted to baptism. And now he's saying, because he's going to say, baptize everybody. This is yep. what you do now yep. when you enter into faith. Um, now I'm changing the Passover. Mm-hmm. I won't eat this again, which is kind of a big deal. Like, I'm not going to eat this again. You're not going to celebrate the Passover, mm-hmm. but you're supposed to do it every year, at least, um, until it's fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Well, how is it fulfilled? Then he says... Take this among yourselves. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So he's becoming the Passover lamb. He's not saying this is like my body. This is uh, uh, imagery. He's like, this is like the burning bush Mm -hmm. or like this is holy ground. This bread is my body. And I want you to always remember, do this in remembrance of me. Just like the Ebenezer, do this thing so that your kids know and your kids, kids, kids know, do it as often as you get together. Eat this bread. It's my body. Drink this, this wine. It is my covenant in blood for the forgiveness of sin. Like, this is the new covenant, the new promise. Mm-hmm. Passover was the old one, and I kept it. And now uh, the Lord's Supper is what we call it. Uh, we're invited to the Lord's table. And he's not, he's not going to eat of it again until he comes again in glory. Well... I've wondered about that. <laughs> uh, he says, until the kingdom of God comes, which I think um, the kingdom of God comes uh, at his death and resurrection. 
And I'll so agree with you because the road to Emmaus doesn't he, he break bread? And yeah, he and eats and drinks with them. Yeah, you're right. Um, when he meets with them after his resurrection, so right. okay. the kingdom of God comes at his death and resurrection, which I had thought about before, and I, I, but I was thinking about it and doing some research on it, and yeah, he definitely does eat and I drink see that, yeah. after that, and so it's cool. I though, receive your rebuke. Well, it's cool though thinking about how we are in the kingdom of God now. Yes, like the kingdom of God has arrived and is taking over the earth now. And the king has set up his servants, yeah. given us talents, and given mm-hmm. us things to go out and set up his kingdom. Yes. Or at least announce his word. Yes. And then he drops that he knows the the person who's going to betray him is at the table. Yeah. And then, all, of course, they all begin to question each other. Uh, which one of this? Yeah. I wonder who he's talking about. And then, so this is where the conversation about who's the greatest. So then they're going, well, it can't be me. I'm going to be the greatest. I'm at the right hand. I saw this or that mm-hmm. with Jesus. And then Jesus has to give the whole um, Gentiles exercise their lordship over people. And, uh, but we're not like that. Yeah. The one who is a uh, servant is the best. Yeah. Whoever is greater, the one who reclines the table or the one who serves, is it not the one who reclines the table? But I am among you as the one who serves. So again, he's kind of messing up, um, messing up their ideas of success and how this is all going to go down. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I have to keep reminding myself, like as I read this stuff, the context of what they're doing and and how they're thinking, because yeah. they're still thinking, we're in Jerusalem, he's taken over the temple, like Passover, we're going to celebrate this Passover meal, and we might take over the city now, right. and we're trying to figure out who's going to rule this city, because I think this is what's going to happen, and so they're, th- and like they've seen success, no one's been able to stop them. And so I think they're thinking, uh, yeah, this is it. Like after tonight, stars. we're gonna be we're gonna be the new leaders of Jerusalem, and then we're gonna slowly spread the kingdom out from here. And uh, Jesus is flipping it on them, going like, "No, you don't understand." And they've also seen Jesus slip away from crowds, so it's like, "Oh, they can't touch they can't, him. They can't touch him. They can't do anything." And Jesus is going, "No, things are actually about to change. Things are gonna change." And uh, he says, but don't worry, you will, if you, you've stuck with me through all these trials, you will um, sit at my table in the kingdom and sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Like, you guys are important to this. And but, again, I have to remind myself, because I'm reading this and I'm thinking spiritually. Yeah. I instantly am going to spiritually. No. As he's saying this to them, they're thinking, oh, cool, we're about to rule the 12 right. tribes of Israel. Peter, you're definitely over the Reubenites. Yeah. Like, right. like they're just thinking literally. Yeah. They are thinking tomorrow. John's, in the next couple years. John's thinking, I want to be over the tribe of Judah. Because you're probably going to restore all the tribes and their inheritance. Oh, duh. I never thought of this. They're thinking the inheritance that Moses wrote in the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to set up boundaries. Oh, I'm of Benjamin. I'm of yeah, whatever, gonna, Judah. And we're going to get it back. And mm-hmm. you, little disciples, are going to be the rulers, the mm-hmm. tribal leaders. Yes. Uh, so that's what I have to keep reminding myself. Because I instantly take a spiritual meaning on all of this oh, because we look at it now and go yeah because they we know it didn't work out that way yeah and it never was intended to restore that promise no land we'd already moved through that promised right. land oh well then it gets worse for sweet yes. sweet peter <laughs> this is a oh man peter he says to peter simon uh satan has demanded to have you so it's kind of like a Job scenario where Satan's like, he wants to sift you like wheat, like separate your faith from your body. But, Jesus says, I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail. 
And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. So Jesus, I love the idea that Jesus prays for us. I hate the idea that Satan goes after specific people. I pray it's never... So, okay, so reading this, it reminded me of Job. Right. So Satan is doing what he did to Job mm-hmm. and going, I'm going to I'm gonna ruin this guy. Right, because he just is in it for himself. He I need to really ruin this guy. Right. And, uh, and then realizing he's so threatened by these fishermen that have been hanging out with Jesus that he's like he asking God the Father to ruin him to ruin Give Peter me access to Peter and the the rest of the apostles and Jesus himself is aware of it and praying and interceding on their behalf going Lord don't take Peter from me right and Peter hears this and just he's not broken yet in yeah. that way right so he's like no, man, I'm ready to go to prison and to death with you. And then Jesus looks at him, I think, very lovingly and says, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny me three times. Deny that you know me. What? It, so it is interesting realizing that Satan still goes after him. Yeah. And there still is, like, a form of success. Like, we can't withstand it. But the coolest thing that God has for us is restoration. Yeah. So even when we are beaten, even when we do fall, like God's like, I can take you back. I That's can the gift. You. The gift is repentance. The yeah. fact that we say, God, forgive me, is the miracle. That's, I'm, you know, I've been affected by reading it three times now, but, or maybe once or twice, the, the parable of the lost coin or the lost sheep where oh, the yeah. angels rejoice over one rep- repentance mm-hmm. person. And now I'm applying that to every time we repent, the angels rejoice because mm-hmm. that's where life is found. So uh, moving on, though, Jesus then says, hey, remember, because do you guys remember when I sent you out with no money bag or knapsack or sandals and you did you lack anything? They're like nothing. And they're thinking, oh, we're going to do that again. And he said, yeah, this time take a money bag, <laughs> take some sandals and sell your cloak for a sword because things are about to get real. What? what do you mean Uh, he's like yeah the scripture must be fulfilled in me and uh he was numbered with the transgressors so like he's saying i'm going to be looked at as a transgressor and they're going to want to kill me and my followers so you guys need to pick up okay so now they're super confused but uh they said to him look lord here we have two swords and Jesus says, okay, that's enough, guys. Good. You're good. Because, you know, he's like, basically he's trying to tell them, you're not going to, they think maybe we're going to fight. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 we're not going to fight, but you just got to, you can't walk out there like little babes anymore. Like, I'm yeah. not with you. You're, you're, uh, you're going to the big city, so put your money away and you have to be smart now. Okay. So reading this passage today, this morning, I was thinking about like how many times I've heard people use the passage of when Jesus sends out the 12 and the 72 and says, don't take anything. And then here Jesus kind of reverses it. And I've never heard anyone preach on this reversal. And so again, I'm, I'm thinking of it like, how does that apply to me? And not really thinking about Jesus talking to a specific 12 people about a specific time that they're about to go through and saying like, hey, yeah, I know, like, before, you could go wherever you want, and everything was cool. Uh, It's not safe. Things are about to change drastically for you, and it's not safe anymore. So um, 
Do what you have to do. But their mindset, he knows their <laughs> mindsets, though, are not believing yet that it's going to get hard. No. They're believing that only victory lies ahead and they're getting closer. Right. So um, that's why I think Jesus is saying, no, you got to be smart. Things are about to get really hard. Like, lock, trust the Lord, lock your doors. Uh-huh. Trust the Lord, go to the doctor. Right. Trust the Lord, save your money. Yeah. <laughs> like... Okay, so then Jesus goes and prays on the Mount of Olives, mm-hmm. as was his custom. He would regularly go away to pray. But um, now he says to his boys, pray that you don't enter into temptation. Which also hit me, because I'm going, oh, he's super aware that Satan is on the prowl, is on the prowl asking God to give them over yeah. to him. So get ready, you're and gonna so be tested. Jesus is like, please, just like pray for yourselves. Pray we're, on your own behalf. And we're in the garden yeah. with God, and the enemy has showed up to try and separate you. Yeah. So pray that you can withstand the temptation. He then goes and says, Father, and, and I I really appreciate the honesty of the word of God, mm-hmm. and even Jesus in his humanity saying, God, if there's another way. Remove this cup. Like, he identifies with the, the unbearable pain of being separated in death. Mm-hmm. And this, the pain of being humiliated, mocked, and just physically beaten. He's like, if there's another way, do it. But this is what makes Jesus uh, our perfect Savior. But your will be done. Mm-hmm. If there's another way, let's do it. But uh, I know, Lord, that I'll do whatever you do. I trust you. And then there appeared to him an angel from heaven. So he's being strengthened by angels. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where Luke, the physician, records that he uh, was sweating blood. And so, you know, scientists have figured this out. And, and at least what I read, you can break blood vessels in your face and then it mixes with your sweat and have yeah, there's a condition. Yeah, in times of severe stress. Stress and things like that. Anyway, he, he's so stressed out. Like... Uh, it's just sometimes I feel like Jesus knew, you know, he was more divine than human. And so he was able to go, all right, this is just the thing we got to do, like mm-hmm. changing a diaper or doing something. Oh, I don't like to do it, but okay, we got to do it. But in reality, he is just as freaked out as, like, imagine your most freaked out time. You thought mm-hmm. you were going to jail. You thought you were going to lose it. You thought somebody was dead. Like, whatever that is, is what he's, ex- he's experiencing that to right. the ultimate degree. And, um, and then his buddies are falling asleep. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are you sleeping? Please pray that you may not enter into temptation. Yeah. He's, like, he's not even saying pray for me right now. No, he's like, it's like, you guys, I'm getting ready to be separated from you, and you need to withstand the temptation that follows separation mm-hmm. from me. Like, I'm being separated from God for the curse of humanity, you're going to be separated from me for temporarily, and that's when the enemy is looking to destroy you. Mm-hmm. So while he's speaking, that's when all the guys come. Judas leads the way, and he's, he, Judas's tell is he tells the guys, I'll kiss him because it's dark. We, we can't really see. Mm-hmm. I know who Jesus is, where he's at. I'll kiss him. And then Jesus says, really, Judas? You're going to betray the Son of Man with a kiss? Wow. Like, Ugh. bad move. Like, you know, maybe if you did it reluctantly or you're like, go, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but you're, like, it's kind of arrogance, you know, and it's like confidence that, sorry, Jesus, your time is up. I'm your authority. Mm-hmm. Mwah. Kiss you on the cheek, a normal greeting, and uh, betrayed with a kiss. 
And then they all said, Lord, shall we strike them with the sword? Oh, this is why Jesus told us to get swords. Yes. This is what they're thinking. Yes. And so one of them, in Luke's account, it's not told who it was, but one of them grabs I think a, it's somewhere else I think it says Peter. Peter, yes. And try, swings at uh, the high priest's servant's mm-hmm. head and kind of misses and lops off an ear. And Jesus, this is, I think this is one of the only accounts where Jesus actually goes, stop, and he touches the servant's ear and heals it. In, I think it's Matthew, he says, I could send 12 eight. Yeah, he says he says to stop, but, but in this one records the healing of the ear, which is super cool. And if this is all you know about Jesus, that as he's being arrested, he heals the guy's ear who... Is arresting him. Arrested and says, stop. Mm-hmm. And then he says, look, I've been with you guys. Why are you doing this? Like, that enough is to be a cool, amazing person that you're like, whoa, tell me more about this guy. Who yeah. would do that to a guy who's trying to arrest you? And he says... Such an amazing line at the end. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Yeah. I'm like, whew, devastating for the priests who are supposed to be the light of the world. Oh, man. Yeah, there's supposed to be a kingdom of priests, the light to the world. Instead, it's their hour and their power of darkness. Whew. Well, then uh, Satan gets to Peter. And uh, without going on too much, basically there's three times people say, hey, aren't you one of his followers? He's mm-hmm. like, no. I don't know the man. I don't know the man. And then in Luke's account, Peter says, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately while he's speaking, the rooster crowed. As the rooster crows, then Jesus hears the rooster and then finds Peter's face. Like Mm -hmm. wherever he's at, he turns and looks straight at Peter. And then Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, uh, how that before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And he goes out crying bitterly. But I'm just imagining Jesus looking at you in that moment. Yeah. Oh. She's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then he looks and then you're like, Jesus, don't look at me. I don't, I don't know. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody in the mall or something and you like try to ignore them. But uh, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. And uh, for both ways. So Peter goes out and is weeping bitterly. And meanwhile, uh, Jesus in the custody, while he's in custody, they're mocking him, beating him, and they start the old um, covering up his face and then hitting him, saying, prophesy, who did it? And this, you know, blaspheming things against him. But, uh, wow, I don't even know how to finish. Like, So we're kind of in the middle of the story. Hopefully there's, yeah. hopefully stick around. There's resolution for Peter and for Jesus. But right now things look pretty bad. Yeah. But uh, they look bad, but Jesus is still really like amazing through it all. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, Luke 22, 1 through 62 for today. Now we're moving on to our psalm. Yeah, so I'm going to read uh, Psalm 50, 1 through 15. Mighty One, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes, he does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire, around him a mighty tempest. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me, my faithful ones, who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people, 
and I will speak. O Israel, I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrificings do I rebuke you, nor your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goats from your folds, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the hills, and all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and perform your vows to the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We'll talk to you next time.